Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and that right there, right there, is Nikki Kinzer. Right here. Hi, Nikki. Hello, Hi. Pete. How Happy are you? Day. I'm so good. It's our last day of the year. I'm wearing a fuzzy hat. You are. And uh, my head's getting hot uh, today already. <laughs> I've been yes. wearing this for about 15 minutes, and I'm uh, smoking up under here. You this look is like not, Santa. This is not good. You even have the beard. To, uh, you even have the gray beard going on. It's kind of gray <laughs> I do. brown. I do. It's a mix. I do. I try it every year. I'm embracing my inner Santa a little bit yeah. more. Mm-hmm. I am a symbol of Christmas. Yes, you are. Uh, and we're talking. This is this is the very last episode of the year. Uh, it is our annual. Now I think it's officially annual that it's our Q and A episode. Our holiday Q and A episode. <sighs> End of the year. It's annual now. I don't this know. This is definitely the second one. Yes. Maybe the third. I don't Who remember. Uh, but this is a really fun way for us to end the year. And we so appreciate you. We have we, we presented a call for questions. And boy, did we get them. Uh, there are all sorts of great questions to talk about today. I hope we can do this in a timely fashion. We'll, we shall see. Uh, but It may uh, be the, a little longer episode than normal. Yeah. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add chapters. So uh, oh, if nice. you're in your podcast player of choice... Uh, you, and you, it supports chapters like Apple Podcasts or Overcast. They, oh, the the big ones support chapters. You can skip forward and backward in chapters. I've started doing that as of the last uh, episode or two, and we'll continue to do that if it's something that is uh, easy for folks. So there you go. Great. So uh, first, do we need to talk about group coaching? Yes. Let's do that. So then. group coaching enrollment is open now and it will be through the end of the year and also the very beginning of January. The deadline to sign up is January 9th and uh, coaching groups will begin on the week of January 14th. There's three different groups you can choose from three different days, three different times. So nice variety there. Um, the Monday group is going to be um, designated for just women with ADHD and the other two groups are open to anybody and everybody and and uh you know doesn't matter if you're male or female come and join our group um and let's see what else connection motivation inspiration it's a wonderful time to to connect with your community uh share your story listen to other people's stories um accountability you're never going to find a better accountability uh type of environment than with your people um, who get you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we have, um, oh, what, conversation in between sessions. And I've got a weekly workshop that I do. And I have focused work time that I do. I mean, there's just a lot to it. So it's a great service. I hope you will join us. And um, if you would like to sign up as soon as you can, because the uh, groups are limited, the 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 amount of people that I can take is limited. I like to try to keep them fairly small. It's ADHD so. musical chairs. The music yeah. will stop. Yes. Hmm? So grab your chair. Man, I hate that game. I do too. It's so stressful. Game. And the that anxiety. Oh. <gasps> well, dodgeball just hurts. <laughs> but the, the chair true. thing just yeah, no. really bothers me. I won. Yeah. I won a bunt cake once. That was something. There are no bunt cakes in the group uh, coaching uh, because it's Not virtual. Yet. But you could you could get your own bunt cake. 
Not yet. Maybe it. there will be. There will be. Yeah, that's right. You, you I'm never open know. To all ideas. I'm definitely <laughs> open to bunt cake. Well, you should really head over to Take Control ADHD and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list and get an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And what better time of year is there to support? this show on Patreon, listener-supported podcasting. Visit us at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast, and uh, you have you have the opportunity uh, to share with us some, uh, some of your dollars, your doubloons, your shackles, uh, your euros, whatever you want to share with us to help us keep this show growing and thriving and, uh, and strong. We sure appreciate that. Uh, it has been an absolutely epic transformation in on this show and what we do and what we look forward to and what we're planning for uh coming the coming year to have this kind of support it is an amazing gift and hopefully uh you know a few bucks a month from you uh you you have no idea how far it goes uh just a few bucks a month from you for us it's it's a big deal it's a really big deal and um you know for us this is as a result of this it's becoming a bigger part of our career and we're allowed we're allowing our ourselves to think, you know, more creatively as a result of direct support. It's amazing. It is just amazing. So uh, thank you for being a part of this community, for helping us and um, and for, you know, using the holiday motivation to to help help those help those in need who are making we could a, be a, a We could be a stocking stuffer. We could be a great stocking stuffer. Subscription to Patreon community. To Patreon. Yeah, yeah. to the community. Yeah. And not just us. There are so many fantastic uh you know groups on Patreon who are who are making their careers uh, independently and and um so you know just share the love with your communities that are important to you. Uh this one is certainly of critical importance to me. Uh, so we'll talk more <laughs> about that in a little bit. Uh, so that's it. That's what we got. Right. Now questions. The Q&A. Now we can go into the questions. What do you think? Where would you like to start? You are such a good question person. Like you've got that voice that just really mm. does well with with questions. So, so you think I should start with this first one I, right here? I think so. All right. And keep going. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Hello. 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 I am wondering if there have been any studies involving marijuana use by teens with ADHD or similar disorders. Now, that's the end of the question. I read this question and I think I misread it and then read it again. And so we have to come at it with from two directions. Well, yes, uh, because the notes that I'm reading about how yeah. you're responding to this is much different than the notes I have. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Sure, because I don't really have a lot of information. Okay. Um, and I'll be very honest about that. I, I yeah. you know, I think that part of it is that I don't work with teenagers with ADHD. So this is not something that has come up in my world all that much. Um, it's come up in my world because I have teenagers. And mm -hmm. so I'm certainly very aware of the marijuana usage, especially in Oregon and Washington and some of the other states where it's legal. Um, I think it has a little bit different uh um I think kids think of it a little bit differently than maybe they used to because it's legal. Um, so for me, I don't have the answer to this. I haven't researched it. I don't know what the studies are looking like. I know that for a lot of ADDers, this is what I do know, uh, a lot of ADDers do use uh, drugs and alcohol as a coping tool. So I could see it definitely um, coming into play. But in my opinion, this is probably a question that I would if it was asked directly to me, I would say, I think you should probably talk to somebody who specializes in addiction and have some better insights about how the two connect. However, Pete Wright has all kinds well, of information. You know, I sometimes I, uh, <laughs> I sometimes I decide to hyper focus on something and, yes. and, and, just un, and do unravel. some research. Well, so. look, it, it's this is something we've we've had this question, I think, uh, before in, in different contexts. Right. right? And so, um, you know, I, I check the links and I check the research that that comes up and I start digging a little bit. And and the, the challenge here is that it is absolutely believed 
you know, to a wide degree that, um, you know, marijuana uh, you know, allows you to avoid the unpleasant side effects of ADHD uh, while having that same impact of, you know, increasing dopamine production uh, as prediction stimulants like uh, Ritalin and Adderall and Concerta. And so... You know, when I read this question, the first thing I'm reading is like, hey, could marijuana help teens if they're already smoking it? You know, maybe, (laughs) hey, maybe there's a way of eating eating the brownies. Maybe there's a way. Yeah, (laughs) that just shows where my head is. I that's not great. But no, that's that's not where my head went. (laughs) No, I know, and and so, uh, but but that's kind of where I am, and and most of it is because of this other issue around CBD oil. So we'll talk about that in a second. So uh, the challenge here is that. There is wildly inconclusive research, right? There is just no, you know, set of studies that have come together and said, boom, marijuana is going to help you, you know, with your ADHD. It's going to help everybody. You know, you're going to be 18, you're sitting in class and you're going to eat a a gummy and suddenly you're going to feel like, you know, you'll be able to focus. Um, There's just nothing that confirms that. And so. Well, and uh, we just have to say so. I have to say something because there's a difference and we don't know exactly why she's asking this or exactly yes. how she's asking this. Right. But there is a difference between medical marijuana and regular marijuana, right? So the medical marijuana and I and I don't know the differences, so please, I mean, well, there are, and I, I did dig up a little bit of research on this. Medical weed uh, usually contains higher CBD content than recreational. So, uh, you know, according to um, uh, this is DocMJ.com, there's a, a, a great write up there uh, about the differences of between medical and recreational marijuana. Higher CBD in in uh, medical marijuana, lower THC content than recreational weed in medical marijuana. That means you don't get as high uh, when you're on medical marijuana. So that's, I think, what you're talking about there. Um, You need a recommendation, obviously, for medical marijuana. Uh, Recreational marijuana can be bought by anyone. Uh, But, you know, it's interesting. Like, I have neighbors with a license for medical marijuana, and they grow it themselves. And I know they're not taking any of this stuff into consideration, right, Um, about what kind of of weed they're growing and so uh another interesting uh note on this that that medical weed uh you know that it has higher cbd content um specifically there is no actual difference between the concentrates and flowers of both types medical edible potency is frequently higher on uh, medical weed than recreational That is the problem right here, is that we're on a long road toward legalization for marijuana across the country, around the world, right? And that the uh, regulation is in such a way that we just can't, you know, and and research has just not come far enough along uh, to be able to have enough studies, a concentration of enough studies that say this is going to have an impact, positive or negative. But what we do know and what the studies do say, and this is my concern around uh, teen use of marijuana, is not ideological right i don't you you have to come to terms with that on your own what your whatever your ideology is around around marijuana use and age that that's something that you can deal with mine is physiological uh that there is a direct uh, a, a direct and strong correlation between marijuana use particularly in teens and cardiovascular uh, cardiac function and if you've got heart issues going on it can lead to some really significant uh challenges uh, yes. as somebody with with heart issues buried in my genetic code uh, i'm not uh eager to explore that whatever the thing so enter well, cbd anxiety right? too i mean yeah, that because right. ha- it triggers it will trigger an anxiety attack yeah uh, and so, you know, enter CBD oil, right? This, this extract is is really growing in popularity as another means to control ADHD symptoms. But it's even more questionable as production is so, so uh, wildly unregulated again. I mean, it's just you're not sure what you're getting is what's on the label. And, um, and that's that's really tricky. So it, you're making your brain a risky laboratory. Your teens brains are a risky laboratory if you go this route. And I think there are we, we just don't know. Um, Enough. And so, you know, it's so great for some things. And if you and it's just a question for others. So that's why I'm I'm leery about uh, about it. it. There's just too much uh, uh, unknown. OK, next question. Here we go. I have. Oh, are you exhausted? That was first question. Exhausted was too much. No, no. I just I'm reading this first. This next 
question. Oh, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, man, I just I could have written it. Yeah. Uh, right. I probably uh, did I, write it. I have you maybe, probably you did written these words somewhere in a journal <laughs> to my doctor, to my therapist, to my trainer. I'm sure yeah. it's out there. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, ahead. I relate to this one, too. Here we go. I have always struggled with my weight. I get excited to try new diets or eating plans. Uh, I do good for a few days. Then I get bummed when I have a bad day and I lose all motivation. It has been a vicious cycle all my life. Are there any strategies to try and get out of this cycle? Nikki. Well, I'll tell you, when I first read this, first of all, like I said, this is my life. I could have written this. I could write it right now. Um, and my fear of just going and giving you these strategies is that we've heard them all. I'm pretty sure that this person who has, you know, tried a new diet plan um, has worked out. They probably know what they need to do um, and how to do it. it but something for me anyway has stopped me from doing it. And so I'm still trying to figure it out. And all I can tell you to all of our listeners is that it's helped me to go to therapy to try to figure out why I am so resistant in taking care of myself. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's not just exercise, but it's all of that. So um, I am right. I am there with this person. Like, I am right there with you side by side. You're not alone. Um, But it is helping me to talk out other things with my my therapist to try to figure out why I'm not making that a priority. Why am I making it so hard? What makes it so hard? And, and, you know, it's a journey. I'm trying to, to figure it out. So I hate to even say, oh, start small, do this, because I know it's hard to do those things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, doing, you know, we've talked about many habits, doing one push up a day. Well, I can tell you there's been many days where I haven't done one push up and I can't really tell you why, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So anyway, that's. Um, oh, yeah, I wish it, I had answers. Is, I wish I, I had an answer to that, but I just don't. It's it's a hard one. And I, you know, for me, I, I've been there, too, and I've told the stories here and I've come off of a summer of nastiness. And and, um, you know, I think that the thing for me that I think about is that, uh, you know, my future is made up of a present of very small choices. Right. Every choice just adds up to a mesh of, you know, that makes a pattern. And uh, so I've I've taken to really my mindfulness practice is now really about thinking about my family and not my family today, uh, but my family in 30 years. You know, um, and, you know, I think about my retirement plan with my wife on a farm somewhere where I'm writing books and she's herding chickens or something and uh, how badly I want to be there and and healthy. And I think about my kids and their grown families and coming home for the holidays and vacationing with them in fun places like we do with, you know, my uh, our our parents now uh, and how lame it would be if I can't participate in that because of some health condition. Right. And, and I have to habituate thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. When I'm about to, when I turn the turn signal on to hit the drive through at Krispy Kreme, I have to think about that. 30 years from now, where am I going to be? Because mm-hmm. this one decision is not just one decision. I'm making a decision for that peak 30 years from now, and that's not fair to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also have a fantasy, and this, this may help. This is going to sound really dark. So I, I want you to know that I mean it with great light. I can't wait to be at that point where I am told that I'm at my end of life, right? Because I'm going to go crazy on the donuts and the ho-hos and (laughs) I'm going to, it's going to be, you guys, a horror show. I am going to indulge like like there is no tomorrow because you know what? By then I'm done and I'm going to go out with a, uh, a bang. That yes. is my little that is my little fantasy. So I'm going to get so through I, all of the great stuff and then <laughs> I have a little yeah. story for you. So my grandfather um he died when he was 71 um yeah. and this was many many years ago. And uh you know he he I I don't know how to explain him really but um he had an eighth grade education 
you know, lived a hard life, um, yeah. but survived, had a, had a good family, you know, made a living Did you know, did everything that he needed to do, but he was definitely a smoker and a drinker. And so he was having some problems with his stomach and went into the hospital and they opened him up and he had stomach cancer and it was all over. And it, you know, there was no, no way of getting out of this. Right. So he was not leaving the hospital. You know, this was going to be, um, the end. And, um, so my mom, I, at the time I was in high school, I think, so I, I couldn't go visit him, but my mom did and my dad. And, and so anyway, his last request was that he wanted to have that cigarette and beer. So they rolled yeah. him out in his little bed <laughs> outside <laughs> <laughs> to have his last cigarette and have his beer. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't even know if he could even really take much of a drink or even, you know, a drag with a cigarette, but he yeah. uh, certainly had him in his hands and that's what he wanted. So that's what it's going to be go. to go in peace. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something else I wanted to add real quick. This is opposite of all of that but it has to do with the exercise yeah something that was told to me that i has really resonated and i've been thinking about it for a while is that uh not focusing so much on the exercise but focusing more on what how i want to feel and this really kind of goes with what you're saying is you're looking at your future and you want to be there for those things and for you to be there you uh need to be healthy you need to be taking care of yourself and um i think that in the past i've focused so much on just getting the exercise done and mm -hmm. not really concentrating or focusing so much about how I would feel if I got it done, you know? And so that was this, a little bit of a shift of how are you going to feel when you get this done? Or if it's just yeah. five minutes, how is that going to feel that you did five minutes and didn't do, you know, uh, it just the, the feelings of, cause we always feel good after we're done, whether it's a five minute walk or a 20, 30 minute walk. Right. Um, I don't think many people will come back from exercise and saying, I regret that. That really sucked. I shouldn't do that again. Yeah, right. Just another little two cents to add there. But there you go. Our, our next question uh, comes from the Philippines. Yes. Hello, Philippines. Uh, as part of my question entry for the year-end Q&A of Madam Nikki Kinzer. Uh, Madam President. That I've been I like. watching House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only reason I said that is I've been watching House of Cards and we have a Madden president in yes, the House of Cards. Yes. Oh, Please dear. go on. Uh, as a part of the year in question from Madam Nikki Kinzer, I'd like to ask if there is really a moment wherein ADHD, ADHDers feel overly bored, which leads to severe depression. I'd like to know if it's part of the symptoms since we, as people with ADHD, have low levels of serotonin and dopamine in nature. I found this really interesting to dig in on. You have definitely um, some good points here. I, For me, when I read it, I just thought, you know, depression and anxiety are so common with ADHD. Um, yeah. So I think her, her answer, or I mean, the, the direct answer is yes. I mean, I think there's a definite connection between the ADHD and the, and the depression. I don't know if it would just stem from just boredom. I mean, I think... It could be, but it could also be a lot of the things that are going on with the ADHD that's causing the depression. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, my go to, too, is I think that if when anybody says severe anything, severe depression to me, that immediately says go to a doctor. Yeah. Get the to a medical professional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And find out what's going on. I, I found this really interesting because, uh, I, you know, I, after digging into it for a little bit, it, it turns out there is this locus of research around depression after success syndrome. Right. And I don't know if it's a if that, that's certainly not a clinical uh, uh, term or a diagnosis, but it's it's something that uh, you are not alone in experiencing this. And as Nikki says, it's, you know, that, um, you know, depression is often a comorbid symptom of, mm -hmm. of ADHD. Right. It's uh, it's something that comes out of it. But what's what's interesting about this is that, you know, what happens when you are in kind of hyper focus mode, when you're working on a project, something you're very excited about and you spend days and days and you're working on it and you're you're way up here and your you know, dopamine production is high and then you finish uh, the crash that comes after a period. Right. There's a slump that comes after a period of high activity, high intensity, sort of high caloric, mm -hmm. you know, activity um, and 
all of the noise that the hyper focus behavior pushed out comes back in all of the just, you know, the the sort of the signal that you had been that your ADHD had been allowing you to push out comes back in all at once. And that can uh, that can be a, a, you know, lead to a more serious bout of depression, anxiety as a result of that period. Um, and and so I thought this was, uh, you know, interesting. One of the, the tips is uh, and it sounds kind of simplistic, but I, I like this. One of the tools is to keep challenging and entertaining activities, keep a menu of activities on hand that you've never done. Right. Something oh, that once you're. Yeah. Once you're finished with a big project, don't take a lot of time to experience the slowdown, right? Start something else. Like maybe it's as simple as a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle or knitting or something to get your hands busy immediately when you finish to kind of taper down, right? This is your, your tapering uh, behavior. And you think about it like tapering behavior after a run or after a, you know, something to, to ease the landing. And that can stem that depression that comes after this this period. And I found this interesting quote and perspective from D- Douglas Cootie, who says, uh, the trick is to look at depression due to boredom as if you're drowning. Just as you would struggle to stay afloat, you use mental activities to keep your mind engaged and not distracted. With practice, you'll start to see warning signs of an attention slump and avoid it with greater ease. So I thought that was interesting for what great. that's worth. Yeah, it is fun. Okay. This one comes from the Bronx Zoo. Hello, New York. Uh, We've got a commute from central New Jersey to the Bronx Zoo for my job. This drive can take anywhere from one and from an hour and 20 minutes to two hours one way, which means a lot of hours in the car. That is a significant commute. Yes, it Uh, is. Yeah. Uh, Some days I take public transportation, which allows me to read, sleep, dance, whatever I feel like, but that comes with its own challenges. My question is, do you have any advice for ADHDers with a dreaded commute? I have podcasts I listen to, audiobooks, radio, music, etc., but even with all the entertainment, I still get bored. Some days totally fine, others I feel myself on the verge of tears and frustration. Time is always a challenge for me, and when I'm hyper-aware of my time spent commuting, it really gets to me. I'm not sure if this makes sense, but when I'm not on my meds, the commute doesn't feel as bad, because sometimes hours feel like minutes. When I'm on my meds, I can better make lists of things I need to get done and I feel the precious motivation to do things and then I remember I'm in the car in traffic not doing them. Your podcast has really helped. Power to the people. I feel like I'm sitting with a couple of friends and thank you for keeping them short. You're welcome. Except for this one. Except for this one. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Listen to it over two days. Uh, Anyhow, this is uh, thanks so much from the New York City subway. Kelsey, thank you, Kelsey, for for jumping in here. I this was a great this is a great question. It is, and I actually in my notes I wrote Pete question because <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you would probably be the best person to to answer this. Um, and the only honestly the only thing that came up to my mind is that what you focus on grows, and so mm-hmm. if you go into it thinking this is going to suck and this is going to be an awful experience and I'm going to get bored and I'm going to get antsy, you know that's what's going to happen. Um, and so I, you know, I would probably think uh, about just how can you shift your thinking. However, I know that you know that's not easy and it and it's not always going to work. So I don't know, Pete. What do you think? It's a long well, commute. It, it is a long a commute. It is a long commute. That's a lot of hours of of time that you know can feel like lost time. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's certainly a perspective. I know when I I had a commute that was significant. Uh, you know, an hour commute each way. It's still two hours a day. You start doing the math. Well, just don't do the math. You know what I mean? <laughs> because that starts right. feeling uh, really crummy. Um, so you know, I look at at the activities that that were listed here are consumption activities apart from the making lists of things to do um, and then feeling bad about not being able to do them, but they're all consumption activities. There's podcast, radio, music, audiobooks. Those are all things that, that are about just taking things in through your ears. And so I look at this and I think 
is there a way to change the way you think about the time that's on the train? It, it, what are the activities that you can engage in, active activities, right, that yeah. can actually get yourself engaging in content rather than just consuming content? So I'm thinking, you know, why don't you start with uh, trying a journaling practice, right? Maybe this is, in fact, this email that, that you wrote to us would be a great first post in day one or Evernote journal, right? Mm-hmm. Is to sit down and type it out on your phone or or uh, get out a laptop or whatever, whatever you carry with you and, and start there. Maybe you decide to write a book. Maybe you buy a sketchbook and keep it in your bag and teach yourself to draw. Like, like what are those activities that you, you can actually start? I mean, this is, this is one of the, it, it sounds so simple, but let's find a hobby. Right. Let's right. find something for that time. I have a neighbor who considers commute time on the clock time. Right. So as soon as the bus doors close, as soon as the train closes, uh, she's emailing, she's calling, she's reviewing reports. She uses the commute time and intentionally takes public transit because that time has become so valuable. Is there some activity related to your work that you can engage in somehow on your commute? Right. Is there is there some activity? I don't, I don't know. I know zoos are complex organisms and uh <laughs> You know, if you're not actively, are you working in a cage with an animal or are you, um, you know, are you in an office administrative staff? If that's the case, maybe there's some work that you could do to engage in and make that time, uh, you know, active rather than consumptive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I know that there are lots of reasons that activity like that won't work in each individual case. I I think my call is, you know, start to change the way you look at the time like you said nikki right what you think about that that's what's going to grow how you think about your time if you think about it as as prison time like uh, boredom and inactive that's what it's going to be mm-hmm. uh and, and so you know what can you keep your hands busy while mm-hmm. you're actively doing this you know spin mm-hmm. up a game of pokemon go right Some, go. do something that's that's the trick that that's those are my thoughts i love that i love All it right. very good uh, next one is uh, this. Whoo, this is this one. We got thoughts this, on this one. Well, this came from um, a Patreon member, and um, I wanted to add it into our uh-huh. podcast because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have this question. And that question is: Is it important as an adult to get an official ADHD diagnosis? If so, why? I'm pretty sure I have it. And after asking me a few questions, my psychiatrist gave me a Ritalin prescription, which helps. I listen to podcasts and read books about ADHD. What else would I get from an official diagnosis? Okay, well, first of all, I want to I want to highlight what some of our members said, because this is the great thing. One of the great things about this community is they like to to, you know, talk about their own experiences. One person said, yes, it's important for accommodations. That's very true. If you are a student or an employee and you need accommodations, you can't do that without an ADHD diagnosis from a doctor. So that's going to be important to have. Um, Somebody else said the diagnosis gave them peace of mind because now they understand that they really do have a neurobiological basis for my struggles. It's not just them. It's not them being crazy, lazy. What was that book? Am I just crazy, lazy? No, I have ADHD. So there's like a book about that. Um, And then another member said, you know, you got to make sure that it's the right diagnosis. A medical professional needs to do their due diligence because there could be anxiety. There could be depression. There could be a lot of other things going on that maybe not be or may not be ADHD related. So I agree with everything that our members have said. I think it is important um, to get a diagnosis. Plus, as a as a person myself, if they were to give me Ritalin or give me some kind of uh, medication, I want to know. So does this mean I have ADHD? Like, I want clarity from the psychiatrist who gave me this medication. Like, what does this mean? What does it mean to have ADHD? What if it isn't ADHD? You know, having as much power or knowledge that you can around this, I think, is going to give you power to really understand who you are. One of the things that um, I've really been working a lot in my coaching practice in the last year or so is not just going to strategies on how to deal with ADHD or, you know, what what's going to help me with my time management. But it's really having that conversation with someone about how ADHD affects them, how much they can understand it about themselves and accept it. And then we can move on to other things. Mm-hmm. So. 
that piece, that diagnosis piece, I feel is really important. I think that's really important, too. I think it's great. I also would remind everybody that you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to implement things that help you live your life. I, I'm leery about like I as soon as she said her psychiatrist asked her a few questions and prescribed Ritalin. That's the thing that makes me uncomfortable about the whole experience. Like I would want an official diagnosis. I'd want to know. I'd, yes. I'd want to have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed before you start taking you know medication. Make sure it's right. Uh, I think that's that. Be, that was too easy of a prescription. The way it's documented, it was here. too easy of a prescription. And why Ritalin? Why not yeah. a different medication? Like right. I think that there's got to be a lot of lot more conversation with this doctor than what this person's having because yeah. I agree. I mean, you got to understand, you know, why this? What what is this going to do for me? Like you got to give me some information. Um, one of the things you said though that I think is very important, whether you have ADHD or not, you can implement things to make your life easier. Absolutely right. There's so much. Um, so many of the things that we say, Pete, help people who don't have ADHD. Right. They're good systems. They're simple systems. They're, um, you know, they're they're productive. They can work. And so you don't have to have the diagnosis for that. But I think for you to really understand how your brain works and how everything's sort of connected, you got to get more information than just a prescription of Ritalin. And the book is You Mean I'm Not Lazy, Stupid, or Crazy? The classic self-help book with for adults with attention deficit disorder by Kate Kelly and Peggy Ramundo. Yes, uh, that's it. Shout that's out to book. Casey. Thank you, Casey, in the chat room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we have another question here. Oh, dear. See, this one is so close to home for me. Uh, I know. In fact, it is for you. So I literally am not going to answer it. It is all <laughs> you, Pete Wright. Well, I'm going to do my best to, to read something. It's a little bit long, so I'm going to read some pieces of it. Wow. Thank you, Pete, for what you said from the episode on October 23rd about your systems. I'm the same way as you, where I spend hours upon hours setting up templates, organizing tools and other systems to get myself organized. I, too, will spend a ton of time trying new tools to see what works for me to manage my cases. I use two spreadsheets, Trello and calendars, paper and electronic, and this is condensed as I have used additional tools in the past. My coworkers don't understand why I need to do this. They also say things to me like, wow, you're beyond organized. And I think if only you knew how hard it is for me and how much time I put into this. Like you, I need to do this as it keeps me on top of what I need to do. Uh, while it is usually helpful, sometimes doing this legwork prevents me from doing what I actually should be doing. And then uh, the our, the questioner goes into uh, some examples of of, you know, ending up. All these different tools, iOS shortcuts, autocrat, ultradocs, building automations uh, because of the obsession and hyper focus on this. I get very behind on my report writing and now have 25 hours of writing I'm behind on. Uh, so this is this is really tricky because, you know, when you especially because when you run into a challenge, when when the system breaks, your mind goes so quickly into, um, you know, I, I need to now go fix the system without actually working on the work. And that's yeah. a, a dangerous paradox, right? So all I can say is something that has given me a little bit of peace in, uh, I, I would say, in the last year. And uh, as a result of a lot of how we talk about, you know, systems on the show and how we talk about how we talk to ourselves, our, our self-talk and limiting beliefs, um, it, it has helped me to begin to build in time in my schedule uh, that allows me to intentionally work on systems, right? Where oh, I, like I that. right where I stop and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop working right now. This maybe it's a Saturday afternoon, maybe it's a Monday morning, maybe it's a whatever, and I'm gonna spend four hours straight working on systems, and I'm gonna block that time on my calendar. And what that has done is, first of all, it, it's ridiculously difficult to do. I, I'm going to say that out loud. It's really hard to do because all I want to do is that. All my that dopamine push, it just tells me to do more of that. But what it has allowed me to do, I've seen over time kind of implementing this, uh, it, it's given me permission to add things that I want to do on a list, right? Notion is a new app, and it's one of those that I'm that I'm doing this with in particular. All I want to do is put my whole life in Notion, and I want to spend a whole week doing it in Notion. But instead, I make appointments with myself to say, hey, I'm going to spend two hours on this Friday afternoon, and I'm going to build this Notion 
database or something. I'm going to move another system into Notion. And knowing that that is on the calendar a week out or two weeks out gives me permission not to get lost in it and to live in the existing system today, right? The system that's working for me, even if it's a little bit broken, it allows me to stay present in what it, what's working today. Does that make sense? Am I mm-hmm. spinning there? No, no, I like it. I I wish I had uh, more to say. I wish I had that sort of silver bullet kind of response that that will help. But all I can say is I am constantly trying things here uh, to Mm -hmm. to try to make that work. And this is the latest one that is giving me some peace. I like it. I like that you're giving yourself permission. Yeah. I think that's the bottom line. Now, we did get a set of questions coming in this fantastic uh, year-end Q&A that were for a very special guest. Yes. This is Monica. This is my assistant, Monica. Hi, Hi, Monica. (laughs) And uh, she has been a blessing to me. These are two very pivotal people in my life, Pete and Monica, um, for my business. And uh, and outside of my business, too. You guys are just great people. so, yes, it was really cool because one of our um, listeners had a question for Monica, and I thought that was very nice for her to, to think about all of the things that happen on the back end. And um, and so, let's see, Monica, you and I have been working together for about three years now, right? Oh, my God. Has it really been that long already? <laughs> yeah, I think it's been about three years. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. And she does a lot of different things for me. Um, she does some admin stuff, replies to a lot of people that, you know, do inquiries and things like that. But one of the things that she's done that has been so pivotal in my business is she is a Facebook expert and uh, she has taken my social media and she manages it all. And, um, and so, yes, there were some questions coming your way. So you, I just go ahead and ask them. Well, Pete, yeah. Is so, that what you'd like me to do? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Ask the questions. Here we go. Get ready. Monica in the hot seat. Okay. <laughs> How do you like working for the taking control podcast and ADHD nation? I didn't even Whoa. know we were a nation. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Um, so I had explained to Melly that, and first of all, thank you so much. I mean, it's been honestly really great to be able to work with both of you guys. Um, my response is that you're actually one of my best clients. I know you've heard me say, if I can just clone you, that would be awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I enjoy it thoroughly. It's been awesome. Fantastic. And I didn't know we were a nation either. So I think that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, no, we've really strived for. Strive for greatness. That's what we're doing. Yes. Okay. So the next question for for, uh, Monica, do you have any personal experience with ADHD? If not, has working in this arena affected your thoughts or feelings on ADHD as a disorder or even dispelled any stereotypes you may have had? Yeah. So, you know, other than working with with Nikki, I don't have any direct experience with ADHD. Um, you know, as I explained to Melly that I just have, from what I've learned, I have a lot of compassion for the people who struggle. Um, and cause the struggle is obviously real. Um, and you know, on my end, what I do is, you know, I do my best to find and share content that I know that's going to resonate in the hearts of, you know, the people that are on the social media and engaging with it, um, you know, that are just doing their to get through the day-to-day with their ADHD. And so my thoughts are if I can put a smile on someone's face through something that we share or help to find, you know, articles or information that others can use to share to educate um, their friends and family about ADHD, then I feel like I've done my job. And you have very, very well. Because I think, you know, one of the, the interesting things about working with Monica is that you didn't have a lot of, you didn't have the experience with ADHD. So there was definitely a learning curve um, at the beginning that we started working together because you are pulling these articles out and looking for information. And um, she was so great of asking me a lot of questions and, you know, what, and not only asking me the questions, but really paying attention to what people were responding to and how they were reacting and um, so we would know that this is a this is a topic that means a lot to people and that's what we would continue to to share and, and grow exactly 
the, yeah. the last so Pete, you have to ask favorite. the last one because I know. this is just yeah, it'd be weird me asking it. <laughs> it my favorite question. Uh, finally and lastly, is working with Nikki just a nonstop display of sunshine and positivity? It's always a pleasure to work with you, Nikki. It really is. Like I said, you're one of my favorite clients. We just need to clone more client people like you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what's so funny is I was at the... um I was at the ADHD conference and we were talking about um, communication and we were talking about tone of voice. And I was and one of my comments was, you know, I think that when I work with my my people, Pete and Monica and whoever else I might work with, um, you know, I try to be very nice and kind and fluffy almost like, you know, (laughs) I kind of fluff my, my, you know, thank you. Like, I I mean, I try to be really nice and everything. But when I really really need something or I really have an opinion on something, all the fluff goes away. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that you still are very, very, I mean, it makes such a huge difference in terms of how you communicate. You know what I mean? It's like, especially with everything that's going on in this day and age. And we've talked about that. It's like, you know, with everything going on, it takes so little effort to be kind. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yay for kindness. Yes. And I appreciate you very, very much. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, Monica. This is awesome. For sure. Like, oh, my God. So whoever's watching this, excuse me. I'm still in, like, my – yes, this this is what it looks like to work virtually from home. (laughs) (laughs) I should say – I, uh, Monica, you are such a good sport because I, seven minutes ago, I wrote you and said, hey, you should totally come on the show and do your own answers to this question. And you were like, uh, okay, yes, I will do that. And I am so excited about that. Uh, so thank you so much for doing, uh, taking your part and answering in real time. This is so great. And I'm so glad to get your face on the live stream so the patrons can see who you are because you're such a big part to all of this. So, uh, thank you. And we're going to let you go and we'll get uh, back to the show. These are some great questions. Uh, I love these little questions. We have a whole set of questions we're going to bust through really quick. Number one, Pete always signs off at the end of every episode by mentioning his appreciation for the listeners, quote, time and attention. Was the use of this word attention intentional or a happy accident? Well, I don't really know if it was intentional on your part. I just remember you using it and me loving it like right away and making it intentional after that. Like, oh, we got to keep using this. Yeah. And I think we, I think you started using it in like web copy and email copy. Yes, and I think it just bet. sort of happened. I, it, it was one of those things that came out of my mouth accidentally. And I knew the moment I heard it back in my own ears that this is something that's going to stick. This just yes. feels, feels right. It uh, feels right. And can I just say one thing yeah. that one of the reasons why I love it so much is that we understand that time is valuable. And if you're taking the time to listen to us, especially to the very end, yeah. it deserves a big thank you. Yeah. So, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at these mammoth end of the year episodes that are longer right. than a half hour. We're sorry again. Yes. All right. Here we go. For Nikki, in the episode entitled Organizing What You Learned from January of this year, you discussed how you took notes during the 2017 Chad conference, as well as noting your desire to switch to a full keyboard or even a laptop for the workshops to make it easier to capture the messages. You stated that you would alter your behavior and begin this new way to collect conference data for the 2018 conference as you returned now from the 2018 Chad Plus conference. Uh, <laughs> did you, in fact, implement this? new strategy if yes did you find it helpful in recording information (laughs) i laugh because i don't even remember saying that Uh, (laughs) in january of 2018 um on organizing what you learned so it's funny because i really don't remember saying that Um, but i will tell you i did not get a different keyboard or laptop that never even crossed my mind even though it may have at that point, it didn't going into the conference this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were some changes, and I was very intentional about my changes. The first one was I was very careful with the classes that I took. Um, I wanted to make sure sure that I took only classes that I didn't know a lot about, um, or I was really learning something brand new. So I didn't want to take any organizing classes, for example. I didn't want to take any kind of time management classes, um, just because... That was not where I felt I needed more information. Um, I took a lot of classes around college students, coaching college students. I took a lot of um, classes on communication and emotional intelligence or not emotional intelligence, emotional regulation. 
Um, and those were the things that I were, you know, I was very intentional about what I took. I was very intentional the way that I took notes. I took photos of the important slides. So instead of trying to like write everything down, I would just take a photo of the slide and then make a little note on my paper that it was on the slide. Um, when I did get back this uh, conference, I did make a point to be more organized with my material and I went through it and I tried to implement it where I could. Got a couple of guests on the show right away that I mm -hmm. wanted to have. Um, there's still things that I want to take out of the information, um, but I definitely feel like there was a huge improvement this time around um, than last time. I don't feel like it was just being, you know, written down and then put away forever. I feel like I'm actually doing something with it. Yeah. That's huge. That's great. That's yeah. a good recap. Yeah. Well done. Thank All right. you. Has there ever been an episode of the podcast that you've recorded and subsequently decided not to air for any reason? Have you completed a recording of the show only to find that the last 30 to 60 minutes never actually recorded, so you have to start over or table it for another time? Apologies if this conjures bad memory. Well, kudos <laughs> to you, Pete, because this has only happened maybe one or two times that I can remember. Um, and I think it's because you are so dialed into the technology of what it takes takes to record, produce, and edit a podcast that um, th this has not been an issue. The one time I remember it was with a guest, but I do not think it was on our end. If I remember correctly, I believe that it was on their end that didn't get recorded or something right. went wrong. Um, fortunately, that guest was very um, awesome and she was willing to come back and um and record so you know that you know it is what it is uh, and i i remember having us maybe one or two times where we were like that didn't work or something didn't go uh, but more than anything i remember me saying oh pete we have to start over yeah yeah <laughs> Well, sometimes I, you just start talking and you're like, uh, you know, and I mean, that's the royal you, not you, Nikki. But sometimes yeah. we just start talking and and, um, you know, you have this whole thing in your head about what is going to come out of your mouth and how it's going to play out. And those like those periods where you get through a whole segment uh, that you've talked for 15 minutes and then you think, gosh, where I started is not where I meant to. And this is not where I meant to end up like. And I, that's not what I meant uh, to say. And yeah. it came out wrong. And so there's been many times where we have just started over on our right. own. And um, I'll be honest with you guys, when the times that it's happened, which has been very few, I've never gotten mad or upset because I always felt like the second one was going to be better anyway. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, which is it, a good way know, to think about it. It is. I mean, I just always felt like, okay, well, the second recording is going to be better. But you are a pro at this podcast and thing. Oh, that's so. very kind. Kudos to you. It is very kind. Uh, as it is the end of 2018, if you could travel back to January 1, 2018, Nikki and Pete, and give your past self a piece of advice to navigate the year, what would that be? And what is one piece of advice that you would like to give future Nikki and Pete of 2019? You go first. This was such a hard question because, know, right? you know, you think about, okay, business or personal, you know, like there's so many different things. Yeah. And, um, and I, I guess my question or my answer is that it's a little bit of both. I, I'm probably answering this with my business in mind, my clients in mind, but also with my family and my own personal journey. When you pay attention to things that are happening around you, whether they're good or bad, um, and you know you don't like it, and you start to do something about it, that's, to me, where the kind of the magic opens up for you. So to be not so vague, <laughs> uh, I think Pete and I have both been, you know, somewhat open about some of the struggles we've had personally um, in our life the last year about depression and anxiety and, and some of those things that have kind of come up and down. And, and it's really sweet because the person who asked this question thinks of me as being a ray of sunshine and always very positive and and um, but there's been moments where you know it takes everything I have all the energy I have to portray that in my work life and um, but when I started noticing that it was much much harder outside of work life that's when I started thinking okay I need to do something about this because it's not working so right. I would just say that when you pay attention 
then I don't know. It, it's one of those things that things start to open for you. Things, you know, important people all of a sudden kind of show up in your life that you need to listen to and, you know, that kind of thing. And for 2019? Keep searching. Keep searching um, for those things that inspire me, that motivate me, that make me feel alive, that give me joy. Um I want to keep searching to be the best coach that I can be, which means, you know, doing a lot of research on coaching, ADHD, new ways to work with clients, listening to my clients. Um, you know, the journey is just starting. So going to keep searching, keep paying attention. That's lovely. I, I think my 2018 message is, uh, is you know, be generous of time and spirit. I, I, I love I that. Think, I think it's just my, you know, there comes with age. Uh, and I've started to be more reflective of uh, that, that, you know, my 20s and 30s were so much about me, uh, you know, and about, you know, acquisition and and like, I don't know, getting a house and cars and things like that. Babies. Like, do I have enough to? Yeah, babies. Do I have enough? Do I have enough to, to yeah. be, you know, set? And I realized that that is I think you have to go through that. And then there comes a time where you're like, you know what, if if I'm thinking more about uh, others and helping others have fun and be successful and learn, then uh, that that reaps kind of its own rewards internally, you know, where where it counts and and uh, things things happen for a reason. You know, there's if if I just approach it generously, how, how can I approach any situation generously? Uh, and then for 2019. I'm I'm brought back to this Margaret Wheatley quote. She's this leadership consultant, but I really like this quote. There is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. And I find that so moving. I just love it. And and you know, this year has been such a year of emergent behavior, right? I look at this group, right? The ADHD right. community is, uh, you know, coming together and figuring out what's important. If the question had been for us in 2012, I, I wish I could go back and say, start the discord now. Like, right. let's get people together now. Get people talking to one another now. Uh, because apart from the just terrific joy that I get from doing this, working on this podcast with, with Nikki, there has been no greater gift for me on this entire show than seeing people engaging in one another uh mm -hmm. in in discord and facebook and all these as a result of of the show that is just incredible it really is mind-blowing it is and i have to say i think with um you know just reflecting back in 2018 that has by been by far i think one of the um most moving things for me to see more of a connection to what to the work that we do um connection to this community getting to know people um is definitely been a huge huge success and um i'm so excited to see what it brings to you know what the mm -hmm. future brings to that and uh, it just it's so important to have that community and that connection and i love that we are i'm honored that we get to do that that we get to bring these people together oh, me too me too okay last question i think of the day do you feel like you have collected enough unedited recordings over the years to create a blooper reel uh, i would pay to hear that maybe another tier option for patreon <laughs> I don't know. Do you keep any of that? I thought you just kind of edit and it goes away. But well, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I stock up on the the master files. I have them all on a big hard drive. But I did have the great, uh, you know, techno crash of last year yes. and lost years of the unedited stuff. Like that, that makes this conversation really easy. You know, because right. I don't, I don't have I don't a lot have of the unedited it. stuff. What I have is memories of, like, I have these memories of just hysterical moments where one of us misspoke or said something naughty or whatever, Laughed where we just laughed. go into hysterical, like, spit-inducing yeah. fits, convulsive <laughs> laughter. And I wish we had more of those. Uh, yeah. But honestly, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would want to share them. It's, we're not a blooper kind of show, and uh, I, I find those things sort of personally precious as kind of the work mm -hmm. that I do with you. Nikki mm -hmm. and I and and so I um you know I I feel pretty good about not not making much of a blue we're not really a morning zoo kind of a show so uh, <laughs> well, but but I love that that question Pete, came edit through. that out Pete you gotta delete that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyhow.
that that's yeah. it. That that's yeah. the answer. But I do appreciate that the question has come in. And yes. I, I, and yes. also that implies that I would have to listen to them all to find those nuggets. And I'm I'm not crazy about I that. think you would be doing that. No. <laughs> so anyhow. Uh, yeah. This has been great. It's an epic year, and uh, it is. This is the certainly, I think, the longest episode of the year. So, thank you all for for hanging tight with us. Any closing words to close out 20, uh, 2018, Nikki Kinzer? No. Well, yes, because I said no, and then here I am talking. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> that'd be one of those things. Okay, Pete, you can edit that out, but you don't really need right. to. Uh, <laughs> I would want to say, you know, just thank you to everybody who listens to us and who is part of our Patreon community. And whether you are or not, we love you. We love this show. We love doing the show together. Um, it is probably, I would say, one of the most um, humble experiences sometimes when we get these emails and, and we hear what people are saying and how we um, have helped them in some way. And I'm just very honored to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, cheers to many, many more and new shows coming up. And mm -hmm. we've been doing this for a long time. I learn something new every single week. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for your time and your attention yes. this whole year and many years to come. Uh, and here is wishing you all a terrific holiday season. We'll be back in early January. We got lots of good stuff uh, coming up. Uh, so thanks all. Discord's, Discord's open. Facebook's open the entire holiday. So hang with each other. Hang with us. We'll be in and out. And um, we'll catch you in. 2019. In January. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>